0: We're excited to announce the Following the Fire podcast book club. We're going to be reading a new book every month, and uh, we want you to read along with us. Then we're going to have a discussion. Uh, We're hoping to get some guests in so we can talk about some of our favorite books, or maybe some of your favorite books. So, which one are we doing this week, Steve? We're going to do With by Sky Jatani. It's a short Short uh, title, so I'm gonna repeat it. Yeah, uh, that's with W I T H. That's the end. By Sky, spelled like the sky with an E at the end. Jatani, spelled like Jathani. So exactly with a J, with a with a J.
1: And to make it easy on you guys, we'll stick a link to the book in the show notes and on the website at followingthefire.com. dot com.
0: I think it's gonna be really fun. Uh this book personally has been extremely meaningful to me and possibly is the reason I'm married, so there you go what yeah, true story looking forward to the to the story on that one yeah it it took a lot it it's a miracle, so miracle book contributed yeah, so we are hoping to do these
1: well, so we'll see
0: what happens, but the kind of the beginning or the end of each month, so we are gonna do this on April seventh. So, get yourself a copy of With and read along. Send us some of your comments. What's our email? Following the fire podcast at gmail.com. Yep. Tell us what you thought. Maybe send us a question you'd like us to answer, or uh, send us a book suggestion. And the month after that, maybe we'll read your book. Can't wait to see you there.
1: What most people say just can be found But you always find me out Welcome to Following the Fire. Thanks for joining us on this journey through the wilderness. Just like Israel followed the pillar of fire and smoke, we want to take a new look at our beliefs and just follow Him. And like Israel, we get it wrong a
0: lot, we get lost a lot, but we're, we're doing our best to, to go where God leads us.
1: I'm Nathan. And I'm Steve. Can't compare with what you're worth. And I had been fighting.
0: So today we are going to continue our conversation of the list of just some of the small things on, on Steve's mind, like eternity, the Old Testament and the New Testament, and what things we're supposed to get out of them, and what does it mean to talk to God. We're, we're just kind of getting into these things, but we plan on diving deeper into these, and we really want to know your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your concerns. So please, please, please send us an email. Uh, you can email us at followingthefirepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and maybe we'll even answer a question or, or work uh, one of your comments into our next episode.
1: On my heart. Hey, Steve. Hey, hello, Nathan. How are you? I'm I'm, I'm making it. <laughs> we made it through another week. That's a that's an accomplishment. Uh, another week staying at home, I guess, working from home. Yeah. Wishing I wasn't working from home, but you know, Yep. I I had a
0: I love working from home, kind of. And I we had the opportunity to give some feedback about if we want to go back to the office. So it felt good to be able to say, um, I would like to not have to go back to the office, but I'd like the option to go back to the office. Yeah. Like I kind of want to keep my desk at the office, but I don't <laughs> want to go there. I don't want to sit there. Um, and I had so in one week. I don't want to get scandalous, but I'm about to move in with my wife in a week. From what? Now. Yeah. <laughs> so we one week from now I'm flying to Portland. Um by the way, COVID flights are awesome. Flight was like 40 yeah. bucks. Um and then we're going to wow. rent a pickup truck to get some furniture back here so drive back. So next week I will no longer be a bachelor. So I have gotten more Done more projects done this weekend than like the past year of of living at home. S- suddenly got very motivated, so that felt good. And now I have like paint all over my hands. Um, I've been in- been inhaling a lot of spray paint fumes, so this should be a should be an interesting conversation <laughs>
1: today. <laughs> this should be interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was. I the spray paint was just uh, to prepare me for hearing what you
1: were going to have to say. I didn't actually have any project. Um, <laughs> well, I guess I guess I'm doozy today. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to, to continue to continue on the the list of things Steve's rethinking, and I, I kind of wanted to uh, kind of give a bit of an intro to this a little bit. I was thinking. This for a couple days ago. I was thinking about this phase of life I'm going through. I don't know, called a midlife crisis or whatever. <laughs> With my rethinking a lot of my faith stuff, because i've I've been rethink I've been thinking about how I'm thinking about this stuff, and how I know that some of these things that I'm rethinking, and a lot of them I have not landed on a decision on these things. I'm still studying some of these things. And I know that a lot of these things are going to be topics or takes on these topics that some people will be either uncomfortable with or really not like, especially like some friends and family and folks I know in in churches. And I was thinking how the, the way that I was raised, as we spoke about the Church of Christ stuff, it's it was all about trying to shed all of the, the extra, the extra traditions and things that didn't matter and get back to like core Christianity for lack of a better term. You need to reestablish the church of 33 AD. And that, I think that's kind of what I'm trying to do, I guess to, to try to frame this stuff for some people that what what I'm trying to do is the reason I'm rethinking this stuff is not because I think that everything is wrong or whatever, but I'm trying to think through the stuff that's, that we're, um, that we've always done that we assume is the right way to do things or the right way to think of God or think of ourselves in relation to God. And, uh, and so I, I'd, I'd like, I, I'd like people who are, listening and kind of following along with this stuff and screaming at me through their radios or their headphones or whatever <laughs> um, to, to put, try to put it in that context of let's try to like start from scratch because I think there's value in that, not in just like, Hey, let's do something different, but there's value in that in as much as trying to get back to what Jesus wanted us to, to believe and do and how he wanted us to live. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Yeah. It's, you could have just
0: bought a sports car would have been maybe less, uh, but I think, uh, one of the things that I, I wrote down on my future list was the, the truth isn't a scary thing. And because of the confidence that we have as Christians, I think, I think that we can afford to be a little bit we can explore some things and not have that fear of asking the wrong question. So some of these things mm-hmm. we are we are questioning things that that people have never questioned in their life. And and or yeah. they or they have questioned it and they've come to uh, an opinion on that that they believe is um that's become foundational for them. Um but I think there is there's value in Occasionally questioning those things, and Jesus is really good at leading us through that stuff. And a lot of times he'll he'll kind of point us back in the right direction when we ask the wrong question, because that people ask Jesus the wrong question all the time. But I th- I think the truth is not a scary thing. So uh, talking about about these things, it can, f- if you haven't questioned them in a while, it can feel like we're we're taking the foundation out from it from under you. Yeah. But I, th- I think it's, it's good to, to look at those things every once in a while.
1: Yeah. And I think some, some of the stuff, especially like the, the section of the list I want to talk about tonight is like some theological, it's kind of some theological humdingers, <laughs> a few of them, um, that it's easy to get into the slippery slope mentality that if this one thing is true, then it's all, it's all nonsense and just throw it out the window and, Go be a Buddhist or something. That's not what I'm saying.
0: I'm in. I'm in a kind of what we're doing right now. I, I was reminded. My dad reminded me of this. Right now, we're what we're talking a lot of, about is we're deconstructing. We're we're looking at the big picture, hmm. and we're taking out the little chunks and we're looking at them again. Um, and uh, if if there's no rebuilding after deconstructing, then it can be painful. But even if there is rebuilding after deconstructing, it it still is a kind of a demolition process, and then you put the pieces back together. And I I just got married, and so I feel like as a person, I am deconstructing because I'm suddenly uh, learning all these things about myself that I didn't have to th- question, that I didn't have to know. And so, oh, interesting. It's I actually, you know, especially the, this list and kind of our conversations. A lot of it is. I feel like both of us are are actually in stages of growth, and so we're we're just kind of describing some of the breakdown process that happened first. That now that got got us to this point, you know, like I, in in this the last year, I've I've discovered this love for the church and for the kingdom, and and a passion for the work of the kingdom and what God is doing that I hadn't yeah. had before and at the same time that like starting to think about what God is trying to do has, has made me question a lot of things. So that that's kind of what we're going through right now is questioning some of these things. And just like it, you know, as a, as a newly married person, how you plan meals for the week or how you communicate or, or your morning and bedtime routines, those things are all changing and being questioned and, and before i never had to do that so there's a catalyst but but now i'm growing as a, as a result even though uh sometimes things get questioned that i didn't even think were you know like i that i didn't even think you could question that thing this is just how this is just how you floss or you know whatever <laughs> it is just how you floss yeah so you know and we're we're all this has been a year where we're all so many, especially COVID, but uh, all kinds of things happened that a lot of us are, have that time to think about like, well, what's what's really important? Or man, what do I think about this event that just happened? So mm-hmm. um, bear with us because we're not every question that we have is going to feel comfortable, but it's, it's like working out. It's uh, looking at these things so that we can... Uh, stand on solid ground again and um, keep keep following where we think God might lead us. And w- one analogy I've been thinking about, because I, I really love what we're talking about, which is this wilderness wandering period. Wilderness wandering can feel disorienting, but the Israelites also had the direct presence of God and they were being sustained by God as, as they did that. But at the same time, they were, they were still thinking like, yeah, but what about that time in Egypt? That was kind of nice. Was it really so bad? Should we really do this? And I picture myself as, as an Israelite, you know, after two weeks of eating manna and seeing the presence of God as a pillar of fire, I would have gone to like, oh man, I hope the pillar doesn't move today. really (laughs) going to ruin my day. You know, um, it's. Because that presence was both like, wow, this is amazing. We're being led by God. But also it was a reminder that every single day we may be asked to move, to uproot, take the tabernacle apart again, and then put it back together in some new spot. And I I think there's, I think a lot of times on individual levels, God calls us to uh, change over our lives, and and part of that is just softening our hearts or turning us into more and more people who can who can work for His kingdom. And um, part of it is just getting to know Him better. And that that is a deconstructing, reconstructing process over and over.
1: Yeah, it's, it's true. Way. Making us more like Him it, to me. Uh, to me, that's the goal. Anyway, we may have talked about this before, but I think that we. Tend to kind of give the Israelites a hard time, um, yeah. Like you, I think you're allu- alluding to just now, as far as like they had this fire and this giant pillar of cloud. How in the world can they like do the wrong thing or or whatever? Right. But we probably would have been the same, same way. And oh yeah, a lot of I mean, thinking about it, we they had a a big thing you could see, like a big miraculous thing in the sky. But we have the spirit of God living in us, you know, whatever that means. <laughs> that's a that's something I want to figure out more and understand better as well.
0: Yeah. And I think we always, you know, we always want to just like, just settle it, just write on the tablet and tell us how it is just once and for all. Yeah. But I think the reality is, is he would be, he would do it. And then we'd be like, look at this golden calf I made. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, what did the tablet say? <laughs> like immediately, you know. The I think part of the journey is, is that we we grow and and God lets us grow and, and leads us. Yep.
1: Tears fill my eyes. You hear my cry.
0: Everything is
1: dark, Well, that kind of leads into some the one of the first things on my list um, is that the Christianity and Judaism are completely separate things. Um mm-hmm. you know, I, if you talk to I would say a lot of probably a lot of Christians and most of the non Christian and, and the non Christian world out there they would assume that, that christianity and judaism are completely separate religions and completely separate belief systems and this is not a, a really a heavy hitter of a topic but it's something that i'm i'm still kind of thinking through as far as like how important is the judaism stuff to my life <laughs> you know yeah. there, there's this concept that's refer I think the term is dispensationalism. It's the idea that get rid of get rid ofism of the law. <laughs> that's a really I hadn't really deconstructed that word. Speaking of deconstruction, but <laughs> dispensational, yeah. Yeah, but that's basically what it is, is that this idea that, that there were there were eras in history between between God's relationship with man. And the first one was kind of the the, the Arab with like Noah and Adam and before everything before the law, it's like pa- referred to as the patriarchal period. And he communicated directly with the a few prophets and a few individuals as far as how they should go. And then there was the Jewish dispensation where he interacted with, with humanity via the, the, the Jewish law. And then that went away, and now that's the Christian dispensation in which the law is, like, the Old Testament's like, it's nice to have, it's interesting stuff, it's kind of history book level of stuff, but the real the real deal is the New Testament. And then, the, like, there's the, there's this idea that there's a further dispensation when Jesus comes back and all that kind of thing. So, I mean, that that's kind of a concept that we... Even if you don't, I've never heard the term dispensationalism. So the concept that a lot of people have. But thinking back through history of church and Christianity, the uh, I mentioned the Bereans last time or a couple times ago, as far as they're the folks who Paul praised highly for diligently searching the scriptures to find out if the things that Paul and his his companions were saying were true. So, and you think back like through, okay, what were the scriptures for them? Well, the only scriptures they had was what we call the Old Testament. And yeah. these scriptures that Jesus had, that he quoted from all the time, was the Old Testament. So I'm not sure where we got this idea that we can just throw it out. Um, I mean, there's I, concepts of like, now the perfect has come. And so like the idea that the, once, once the Bible got all put together in one book, all these letters and stuff at that moment, then you didn't have to listen to the old Testament anymore. Now it's the, now it's the new Testament. And so it, it's not only just the Christian and Judaism are separate things, but like it's part, partly how the, how the Bible got put together a little bit. So I, I, I've read several things and I listened to quite a few sermons by a guy named Joseph Shulam. And he, Joseph Shulam is a—I think he—he's the preacher for um, the—I think it's—I think they call themselves the Church of Christ in Jerusalem right now. And he's been around a long time. And he—he he, uh, went to school to be a rabbi. grew up grew up as a Jewish. Kid in in Jerusalem, and at, at some point along the way, I forget his exactly exactly his conversion story. But he he became he came to believe that Jesus was the Messiah, and so he, I don't think he considers himself being converted to Judaism to to Christianity. He still considers himself very much a Jew who knows who the Messiah is, you know. Right. Yeah. And. We know that there's this whole hubbub in Acts about do Christians need to get circumcised and follow Jewish laws, and the answer is no. So I guess that's partly where we get the idea that it's kind of gone away. But so how much? I guess how much of the how much of that stuff would it be helpful to do? Um, None of it. Some of it. Is it just academic at this point? Like the the church that Joseph Shulam. Uh, uh, overseas or works out or wherever you want to put it. They still have like the full giant Torah scroll, and they wear yarmulkes and the prayer shawls, and they take it out and they kind of walk around the room with it, like like you do it, like like you see it at a at a, at synagogue. a synagogue, yeah, exactly, yeah. And they do they they observe the Jewish feast days, and they have the tabernacles on you know for. Uh, sukkath and all this stuff and so it's like it's interesting but is there would that be helpful because Judaism is really well Christianity is really a continuation of Judaism as far as Jesus was concerned he talked all about it being he was compared to complete something and Messiah is a Jewish concept I don't know I could, pro- I could talk about my my wonderings right. about that all day long I guess
0: And I think it's, so the reason why it's important is, and why it's such a big topic is there are things that Jesus said that we really have to contend with, Mm -hmm. like, what, uh, anyone who breaks the least of these commandments or teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. That's one that's like, whoa. Yeah. That's kind of scary. Yeah, it's serious. Um, And at, at the same time, Jesus was accused of that, you know. Uh, multiple times with uh, Sabbath law, but also um, mostly Sabbath law. But you know his disciples grinding up grain and um, right. his healings right. on, on, the, on the Sabbath. So he he himself was accused of that. But it goes much much deeper to that. To what what should Christians do with the Old Testament? Because there are certainly camps of Christians who say, you know, New Testament plus Psalms. That's it. Or, yeah. um, and then, like you mentioned, messianic Christians who have kept a lot of the law, or maybe all of the law. Um, but for wherever you fall on, you know, kind of what the answer is there on that spectrum, uh, a lot of that is really going to determine, like, what do we do with Leviticus and Deuteronomy? And yeah, like the, you know, the, why don't we celebrate the jewish you know feasts e- easter and christmas aren't you know dictated to us from the bible but yeah. um some some other things are and i i think they i i have a strong interest in judaism like i i feel like it would be cool to have an orthodox jewish friend i don't have any cuz i live in Port <laughs> Collins and most of my friends were mormons but um but I think there's there's an attraction to like, hey, it's their their only scripture is, is the Old Testament, just like Paul's only scripture was the Old Testament. And there, I think there's a something really interesting there.
1: Absolutely, and and that's that's one reason I really appreciate the work that the Bible Project is doing. Um, because Tim Mackey, one of the the guys who started the Bible Project, is a Hebrew scholar, like legitimately, <laughs> and. He does a really good job of pulling together, like a lot of the the story and the like the through the through story, throughout the entire Bible, which most of the Bible is is uh, is the Old Testament, like volume wise. And he he does a really yeah. good job of showing how all that points toward Christ and how it um, helps us see who God is. Anyway, so, there's, there's like, like I said, I could, yeah. I could go on for a while about that one, but it's just a lot of. That's, that's definitely in the camp of. I'm really wondering about that, and I don't know how much that that would actually change my life. Um, I don't know. I, I think it ties into
0: a uh, cultural Christianity too, which is a a big deal because the Ten Commandments have kind of become a cultural. Yeah. Um, even in in christian um american worldviews as kind of like hey this is the foundation of modern legal uh theory and and so that the even the even if you deleted everything except for the 10 commandments it, i think it's still interesting for christians to look at those and talk about does, does this mean something for us today does uh creating an image or um, taking the Lord's name in vain or, or keeping the Sabbath holy or coveting how much like it's, it's funny that culturally there are Christians who want to erect the 10 commandments, but I would say Christianity overall doesn't spend a whole lot of time reckoning with the, with seven of them. Yeah. Very uh, true. Of the, of the big ones. But it's a, it's a huge, 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 huge topic. And I, Yeah, worth delving into.
1: You never leave
0: my side until the end.
1: Who am I without you? What could I ever do if you would never love me? So the next one is... It's kind of a an overarching, what's the purpose behind Christianity? Question. I always got the vibe, and I don't know, maybe indirectly or directly, <clears throat> that the whole point of being a Christian is to get myself to heaven. That uh, it's I want that mansion on the hilltop, um, along the street of gold, and so I can have no no more tears and you know I, I i could cite lots more you know hymn lyrics <laughs> as far as how yeah like what the, what the ultimate goal is and I, I well i think that you know wanting to go to heaven quote unquote is a definitely a good thing that i want those metaphorical things as well <laughs> you know I'm starting to realize, and and um, maybe this is just just me, but maybe everybody else has figured this out a long time ago that that there's so much more to the purpose of following Christ than just wanting to get to heaven. Yeah, I I think uh,
0: this is something I've been rethinking over the maybe the past few years because what i grew up thinking was the the good news was basically there's a there's a way to get to heaven but it seems like G- what jesus said the good news was was yeah. different than that so so if if my idea of the gospel is, is different than what if we ask jesus what is the gospel um then there there's something to look at there and i i think the consequences of that one our, uh, have to do with our, how do we deal with the world? How, how do we deal with the earth environmentally? Uh, how do we deal with, are we just kind of suffering and waiting because something better is going to happen? And, and then kind of the the over, like, uh, obviously, if, if we're looking at an eternal r- reward for a short period of time, then our only priority should be, help as many people know that and kind of stick it out. But it seems to me like the work that Jesus has called us to is much, much deeper and wider than that and has to do not only with future promises and future hope of a resurrection, which is certainly part of it, but also do God be God's kingdom right now because the gospel was, it's here. Absolutely, it has arrived, and
1: it's now. And that that really, when I first really started thinking through that new paradigm, it to me new. So, when we still lived in Germany, uh, doing mission work, and I, uh, I was, I don't know how I came across this book. I think I was in the uh, the the there was a big bookstore in downtown Dresden who which had a little a little English section and i um, and we, I went there to see, you know, what English books can I read? Cause um, this was in the I, Amazon existed, but it wasn't really big enough to have English books on Amazon in Germany really. And so I'd go and see what they had. And I think that, I think that's right. where I got this book because it's like the British edition of, of the book. It's um, the divine conspiracy by Dallas Willard. And I've, I think I've read that book five or six times at this point. It's just, it hit me so hard because one of the things he's, he talks about is how, is exactly what you were just saying, that the kingdom of God starts, it, it starts now. It's not that the kingdom of God is heaven, it's not that eternal life starts when we die. Eternal life starts when you become a Christian. When you when you decide to follow Christ, yeah, that that's like the first day of the rest of your eternity, <laughs> you know. Um, and so when and there's so many like you were just saying, there's so many ancillary effects to that, because if you if you just think that I just got to slog through this life until I die, and then the good stuff happens, not only will you have I think a much sadder life. But the way you treat the world is going to be different. Like you, you said, in like environmentalism. People, I think churches and Christians who think that their only purpose is to get to heaven are going to care a whole lot less about people around them and a lot less about the world around them. And to be honest, I think that's what, what we're seeing with a lot of the Christian pushback taking care of the planet. And I mean, God makes it pretty clear that we're supposed to be taking care of the animals and the planet. That's, it. we're here to tend the garden, right? But for some reason, and right. like the the <laughs> con- conflation of Christianity and, and conservative politics is another whole thing. <laughs> but um, I think that that's a large part of the, the pushback is that like, we don't need, I've even heard Christians say, why should I put myself out worrying about the the environment now because God's just going to remake everything anyway? Like, it's like, well, he, he entrusted this to us and, and we're supposed to like start, start his kingdom now. And that has a a lot of repercussions. So, so the, the the whole idea of getting away from the the concept that Christianity is just for after I die is something that I'm 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 definitely working on, and it's definitely changed a lot of my viewpoints on a lot of things. I, I had a C.S. Lewis has been really influential in
0: my my faith walk, and um, it's funny. Uh, often it's the fiction of C.S. Lewis, not the not his nonfiction, but The Great Divorce it, it is kind of a it's a fiction book where he's working out a lot of theological issues that he's kind of thinking about. And it's such a compelling idea because he really treats whatever, whatever happens after the earth as just a continuation of what has been happening here. So if the, if you've been doing the work of trying to get in a right relationship with God, then when it, when that, Day comes, mm-hmm. you you continue and and you keep working on that. Now that because you're you're still imperfect and you're growing and you know in his vision the kind of the people who have been fighting that their whole lives just keep fighting it and and just want to separate themselves as far from God as they can and so they they end up in an isolated lonely lonely place because of that. But he he has a vision of. People who mm-hmm. are kind of fully realized beings because they, you know, even though it was a, a poor widow that nobody would have thought anything of in, in her life, but she was, she was becoming more and more a full, or real full human, um, fully in touch with a real human, uh, like a human in the garden would have been. And then there's kind of these like half, you know, like just undeveloped baby you know creatures because they they were they were immature or they were you know they were kind of just barely starting that and it you know of course it's 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 fiction it's made up but it's an interesting view of what what should what is the purpose of even being here then and i think uh changing that paradigm from we just wait for the mansion to mm-hmm. we're the hands and feet of God right now and the kingdom is a thing that should be spreading and we should be praying every day I want your will to be done on earth mm, yeah and so I'm gonna do that <laughs> so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a part of the kingdom by doing your will on my one square foot of the earth that I inhabit
1: yeah and it opens up the the entire concept of doing things things for God and serving God beyond this idea that that the only way to serve God is to be a missionary or to convert people. And that is the single measure of success that we have. And it opens up to realize that that God has given a lot of people lots of different jobs for lots of different reasons. And if we if we're just focused on thinking that we have to do all, like these two or three things for God, then we get into all kinds of beating ourselves up about I'm not good enough because I, I chose to be an engineer instead of being a, a preacher. And I remember when I I was in high school and I went down to Leaders for Christ at Oklahoma Christian University. It was it was a fabulous week. Um, it was really cool like uh, like in-depth study on things and 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 cool talks by ministers and professors and stuff like that just to kind of help the idea was to help train guys and girls, not just guys, but guys and girls to help them be stronger leaders in in at, at their age even in in high school. And at the time I had I had been waffling back and forth between wanting to be an architect or a engineer, like a like a mechanical engineer, and I I was pretty sure I was going to be an architect, and I was like ninety percent sure, but I'd kind of also thought, oh, what if I was like a youth minister or something? That'd be kind of interesting, you yeah. know, and because uh, I I really looked up to some youth ministers that I knew, and. I remember talking to this guy, I, I remember his face, but I can't remember his name, one of the one of the teachers. And throughout the week, I had really gotten to the point where I was leaning, I was, I was like a 50-50 split between architect and minister. And I was talking to him about this conundrum that I had and kind of what, what, did, what did he think. And I'll never forget, he said, well, would you rather build houses for the rest of your life or build souls? I'm like, Oh, those are my only two choices. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm like, I'm going to, you know, hundred percent. I want to build souls because that's, that's better. And, and so I, right. I I decided to be a Bible major and become a minister. And, And, I'm not, you know, I, I think, I think I did the right thing for my my, my walk in, with, in life, but the way it was, it was just the way he just, desc- way he said that the way. He described it to me was it's like, well, building houses, that's, that's like, that's for losers, <laughs> you know, but if you, if you really want to be a Christian, <laughs> yeah, you know what you need to do. Right.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, sh- shouldn't your, you hope that your, your daughter and your son both become missionaries of some kind Formally.
1: Right. And if they're not, know, then I'm disappointed um, in them.
0: Well, or they're, you know, they're, they're maybe going to be okay, but they're not doing a hundred percent of what they should be doing. Um, and it, there's a, there's maybe a book or something that's like the one thing you can't do in heaven. That's the name of the book. And it's, it's, it right. It's evangelism. Um, and the point of the book is like, so you better do it now. But I, I wonder if it was like, if you have that that viewpoint that the kingdom starts right now and you can be in it right now, and in the future it's just going to be more perfect than it should almost be like, you know, who are the people that aren't going to know what to do in the kingdom? <laughs> people who just just evangel, you know, yeah. like you know you're you're not good for anything anymore, right? Uh, that's that's a joke, but um, but I think that it's a bigger calling. Than, uh, than convincing people of this thing, I think we're actually called to love our neighbor in a real sense, and like Jesus did, where he he was telling people truths, but some people he was just helping them, yeah, and and some people he was he was kicking them down from their high position.
1: Um, it was it was all of that. I've even heard some Christians say uh, Christians of all stripes, not not just the way I grew up, but even heard some people talk about how if you are, that's like friendship evangelism, basically like if you're friends with somebody and you try to teach them about God and they turn it down at every turn, all this stuff, then it's the whole dust your boots off and move along. They're not worth your time anymore. Like let them go because you got to focus on somebody who's going to follow God and everything that you do has to, you know, don't, don't give a you know. Don't give a sandwich to a homeless person unless you also put the business card of the church in there. Let them know it came from God. You know. The, and the sad thing is,
0: if you've grown up in a in a church and it's your whole life, it's it's a little bit hard, I think, to see this perspective. But the let's just talk about America. The people in America know who Christians are. They've heard of Jesus, and. They can also tell just when you're selling them something. So w- when someone is is smoozing you, and you know it's because they're trying to sell you a pyramid scheme, something can't candle or whatever people sell these days. It feels slimy, even if they're your friends, and it's something that you would maybe even want. Yeah, it's still like ah, oh, why do you got to
1: pretend? You know, I see what you're doing. I can see what like, you're. Doing. I haven't talked to you since high school, and you—you like suddenly you're my best friend. Yeah, and you know the, and those people,
0: uh, just to pick on pyramid scheme people unfairly, kind of stereotypically, they're they're going to go pretty far. They're going to talk about all the benefits, like it's so great, not only to buy this thing, but to yeah. join in, and to be a part of it yourself, and after you cannot give them enough hints for them to like stop. Please stop. I've, I've literally, I remember in, uh, in college, I had a friend who started pyramid scheme doing cosmetics and she tried what? to sell me makeup. And and I was just like, listen, yeah, she, she did her whole thing. And I was like, you have got to start listening to your audience. Cause, cause she was like, you know, a lot of guys are starting to use makeup nowadays. I was like, I I wear the same pants every day of my (laughs) life. You know, I I haven't, you know, cut my hair in six months. What what makes you think that I'm going to be interested in this thing? But she didn't stop. And I, I feel like when we're just selling something, that's what it feels slimy and sleazy. Even if we're doing something good with it. Like, what if we were actually selfless in our service? And we expected nothing—not even that you join our pyramid scheme.
1: Yeah, that's one thing. I, one thing I do love about Bob Goff. He said that in one of his one of his books, he was talking about how this is, this exact thing about how we—it's possible and probably healthy in some ways to do good things for people and not have to feel like you have to tie it back to. Directly to a church or to Jesus or whatever, and he will. He'll occasionally, when he feels like it, he'll he'll swing by uh, In and Out Burger in California where he lives. He'll he'll buy like ten or fifteen double doubles, and he'll just go hand them out to homeless people he sees, just just to be nice. And people tell him that like you need to put like Jesus loves you on there, or, or. whatever and he's like if somebody eats a double double from In-N-Out they're gonna know Jesus loves them (laughs) (laughs) you know God loves
0: you when you bite into that hamburger (laughs) I don't have to say anything right
1: So uh, next topic, I guess. Um, this one requires much thought and prayer, and that, that is prayer. <laughs> Honestly, I blame this one on your dad because, Uh-oh. yeah, if, if you're listening, David, then it's your fault. Um, he, Your dad taught a, a class of a while back, a year or two ago, on prayer, and I think it's called Why Do We Pray That Way? And he started me thinking about why we pray the way, the way we pray, and things I had never thought of, thought of and and uh and I, I love your dad's classes because the way he he, t- he tends to teach, he doesn't necessarily say, "This is what you should believe." and here's how to do it. It's like he like takes you through lots of questions and kind of kind of what we're doing now. but little things like like just just how how does prayer work? What's the point of prayer? You know, basic questions that I've asked since I was a kid, but never really thought about digging in further. It's like, why am I praying if God already knows what I need? Yeah. Um, and and I know that the answer, in a large part, is to. You know, build this relationship, and maybe this is one reason that I don't quite grasp some of the aspects of prayer because I've always been so much about believing stuff and not following and having this relationship like I should, but, you know, the, we, we believe so many weird little things about prayer. Like we seem to have this idea that it's like a voting system. Like if you have enough people praying for a thing, God's going to be like, okay, he convinced me, you know? Or if, if you have a 24 hours of prayer, like as long as some, somebody is praying for that thing, for 24 hours straight, it's more likely to happen, you know, is, is there one way to pray is, is prayer just, you know, I, I, I've tended to believe in, in my, in my life, you know, the the scripture that says pray without ceasing. It's a very short little phrase, but I always kind of thought that like, as, as I'm going throughout the day, you know, I'm, I I don't have to just have a formal prayer time. Like, Sit down and bow my head and say, Dear God, and end with Jesus' name amen. It's it's I try to have a sort of a continual conversation with God throughout the day, and maybe that's what it is. Um I don't know. Yeah, I, this is a, a topic
0: I've questioned a lot too, because Jesus talks about it a lot. Yeah. And and some of he the He does it a lot too. He does it a lot. He talks about it a lot. Um, and I think it was a really big deal to religious people in his time. We certainly, we've gotten into our own traditions about what, what's public prayer like, What uh, why do we pray. I would say a lot of people who aren't Christians have developed an idea about what prayer is from what we do. Like, we're asking for things to happen, uh, th- to go our way, or we're saying, you know, God bless America, or we're saying, um, you know, health and wealth, or that kind of thing and and I think we have to struggle also with um what happens when my prayers aren't answered or you know even what are the times that I thought that my prayer was answered but I actually I just got what I wanted and I sh- and it's not good for me or it's not what yeah what God God would have done um and I um I've uh, just a couple of years ago I started exploring trying to explore prayer through people that I knew who are, who actually had a relationship with God. Hmm. Um, because I, I felt like I was talking to myself. Um, and I, it didn't feel relational. And I read that quote about mother Teresa. It's fan. It's like a Dan rather interview. I'm going to misattribute this, who all these people are, but, um, but, uh, let's just make it up dan rather asks mother teresa what do you say when you pray um and she said oh oh nothing i i just listen and then dan rather says oh sorry what what does god say when you pray and she said nothing he just listens <laughs> and uh it, uh it it was this this interesting idea so i invested i went to amazon.com and i i saw this thing that said the Book of Common Prayer, pocket edition. Okay.
1: That's a so po- what, that's
0: huge. So, so what showed up <laughs> was the size of a Bible. Um it uh somebody it's it's more like I'm pretty sure it's a counterfeit version of the Book of Prayer that someone just put It's definitely not uh not 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 a pocket edition, but I started praying other people's prayers. Hmm. As a way to, you know, people people watch workout videos. If they, yeah. people will look at famous pitchers if they're a pitcher, and I I wanted to learn through doing. And then, uh, I, I learned a lot. So th- that's been really interesting to pray someone's prayer that they wrote out because it it forces me to see someone else's spiritual perspective. It's very interesting. Um, that would be interesting. And sometimes it's, you know, like nothing, right? doesn't doesn't hit and I, I, I feel nothing, but sometimes it's like, man, that, you know, either I did need to pray that or, wow, I just learned something about like what, what I can even be talking to God about. But I, I would say I actually learned the most about prayer by having a long distance romantic relationship.
1: Really? Because
0: we were asked to pray without ceasing and and um and i had read some things about practicing the presence of god or just like going through your life as if you're in communion with god and that that kind of seems impossible to me but then i was doing it only it was heather like i i i would see something and i'd be like oh heather would think this about it heather would love this or oh heather would totally go to that, this cafe that i just walked by and she would love that, or you know, I guess I better flush because Heather, you know. So <laughs> I, I down. would be <laughs> put the seat down exactly, and so I was, I was going through my life, wondering what Heather was thinking and doing, but also she wasn't with me, but I was seeing her perspective constantly, hmm. um, and and it kind of hit me like. If I can do this from a thousand miles away with a, like, maybe this is part of what that intimate relationship with God is supposed to look like. Maybe the closer I get to God, the more it's like, God would love that person. Oh, God would totally jump into this thing and do this. Or, you
1: know, God would want me to put the seat down. I absolutely love that. I love that, Nathan. That's great.
0: And if you, you know, maybe it's, I don't know how universal of a feeling that is. So I, I don't know if you've been gone for a week and you, or I don't know if it, if if it even works for kids, like, oh, my kid would love this thing. But especially th- through that, that relationship, just, hey, if I can do that with Heather, then maybe I could, maybe that's
1: what it looks like with God. I'm going to have to really think about that one. That, I, that's... Really good, because, I mean, I think that people who have been Christians for a while, we we know, I mean, we we kind of get the the basics. Uh, we know what God would love. We we know that what we know what God would love. We know what God would appreciate. What He would not like, for the most part. And I think that would be that'd be a really helpful. Kind of a shorthand as far as walking through your day, how to how to approach things or not approach things.
0: And it, you know, it as far as the the Lord's Prayer, which I've been trying to pray recently because of Mm -hmm. uh, some. I think Tim Mackey. It's a very much an orienting prayer. It 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 helps you to see God's perspective, and then see your perspective to Him and to other people. It's a short prayer. But it does all of that really quickly and it's hard to pray that and then not care about people or, or go throughout your day and just go about business as usual. Yeah. Um, but when I don't do that, it's super easy for me to (laughs) go about business as usual. And you know, just like that relationship, the minimum that it's doing is keeping me faithful You know, like I'm in a relationship that means this, you know, but it's, it was more than that. It was a joyful thing. Like, oh, this is a thing that Heather would love. And I I feel like it, prayer can even progress us from just sin management to a joyful walk with God that is where you discover things like, oh, wow, look at this thing or, Thank you for this sunrise, or you know, or or whatever it is, or help.
1: Yeah, and I think going back to the Mother Teresa quote, that's that maybe that's kind of one way to listen. Have not knowing how it all works, and, and you know, maybe we're not supposed to know how it all works. Maybe that's part of the. I think there's, I think there is value in mystery and and wonder still uh, when in our faith, but um, I think one thing it does do is it, it, I think it tends to show, it shows us who we are. Because the way someone prays, maybe not, not in public, but I think, I, I mean, I know, I know when I am having problems with one thing or another, I tend to focus on that in my prayers. Mm-hmm. Or uh, if I'm, if I'm focusing on myself all the time on prayer, I'm probably not focusing on other people in, in, in real life. But it, it, yeah, I'm not sure where I'm going with that. It's just that this interesting idea of how prayer shows us who we are, because God knows already knows who we are. And if we can if we can kind of take a step back and watch ourselves praying yeah. and see what, what we're revealing about ourselves to ourselves, and then listen to what God wants us to do about that. I think that'll help a lot. Yeah. The way
0: I'd summarize that is, I, I'm really good at the talking part, but I have been trying to learn that I should, (laughs) maybe God should be talking more than I am some of the time, and so adding the listening. Am I listening? And do I even have devote time to that? So I talk. I listen. But then the other person's the walking, and that's that's kind of the easiest to imagine in that romantic relationship because when I was a thousand miles away from Heather, all I wanted was to go on a walk with her. If I had been able to, even if we weren't holding hands or talking, just going on a walk, you you don't say anything. You're just taking in the same scenery at the same time and you're present with each other. I, I think we we're called to that. God is asking us to, to have that with him Um, and so we we talk, we listen, but just like walking through life, he's at, he said we can do it with him. Yeah. And, and, um, I usually just want to do it by myself and then tell him what happened at the end of the day. But he's, he's offering
1: a lot more than that. It's like the old hymn. He, he walks with me and he talks with me. He tells me I'm his own. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I think that's probably a good place to stop for now. The next few topics are pretty deep but we'll we'll hopefully we can get into the to the stuff we just talked about. We can get into the more in depth other times um but yeah, this has been fun man yeah, it's really fun um i'm I'm excited to to keep
0: going <laughs> yeah it's i I think about it many times throughout the week. And it, it's kind of given me some direction. Like, uh, I I put my thoughts together and then uh, I get a, get to have an outlet for it. So it's cheaper than therapy. And, <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. I think part of what we're also supposed to do as Christians, and it's been hard in pandemic times, is sharpen each other and work this stuff out together.
1: So, yep. Even if we don't figure it out, we'll, we'll get closer to God, hopefully, right? Exactly, yeah. All right, take care, man. See ya. I had been All these messages I thought you We're really glad you joined us for our discussion today. For show notes and contact info, please go to followingthefire.com. We'd also really appreciate you giving us a review wherever you get your podcasts. And special thanks to Daniel Wheat for our music. You can find more of his great stuff on Spotify. See you later. But even on my heart Can't compare with what you're worth
0: We're excited to announce the Following the Fire podcast book club. We're going to be reading a new book every month, and uh, we want you to read along with us. Then we're going to have a discussion. Uh, We're hoping to get some guests in so we can talk about some of our favorite books, or maybe some of your favorite books. So, which one are we doing this week, Steve? We're going to do With by Sky Jatani. It's a short Short uh, title, so I'm going to repeat it. Yeah. Uh, that's with, W-I-T-H, that's the end, by Sky, spelled like the Sky with an E at the end, Jatani, spelled like Jathani. So. Exactly. With a J. With a with a J.
1: And to make it easy, and you guys will stick a link to the book in the show notes and on the website at followingthefire.com. We are going to do
0: this on April 7th. So get yourself a copy of With and read along. Send us some of your comments. Uh, Tell us what you thought. Maybe send us a question you'd like us to answer or uh, send us a book suggestion. And the month after that, maybe we'll read your book. Can't wait to see you there.